Welcome to Return to Oswald. Um, I'm Derek. As always, I'm joined by Brandon and Scar. Uh, Brandon, how are you doing? I knew what I was doing. I was just testing you. I'm doing wonderful. I enjoyed this episode. Um, I thought it was interesting. I still don't understand some of the plans of the people in us. A lot of these people think they got these grand plans, and I'm like, I don't. I don't see the plan here. Nigga, are you literally telling us that you think that the people who are in prison have good plans? Well, a lot of people in prison have good plans until they get caught. Well, what we've learned today, what we learned during this episode, if nothing else, is that all y'all's plans are stupid. All of them. Scar, how are you doing today? Man, I'm great. I, I, I'm finally... I finally get to not, you know, like, you know, like y'all keep asking me questions about like fucking. Nobody like, asking you questions. You just keep popping up with shit. I mean, y'all be talking shit about like LC and stuff like that, and I'm like, just wait. And then I was just like, the the like the most unlikely person, <laughs> the most unlikely in the history of Oz. Like, it was so most unlikely that when you said the most unlikely, I didn't even consider that person. Right. <laughs> right. I was like, it must be Augustus. I didn't or, even consider that person. Or maybe even uh, Claire. Claire will kill him. Okay, cool. No, no that's not, not this. Unlikely. That's, this is a, the, the only thing. You know, I mean, she's likely to beat, them, beat someone to death. Like, it's not, that's not very unlikely for her. But yeah, I was just kind of, and, and then like, like there's there's just like stuff that like started happening in this episode, and like I I felt so horrible at the end of this, like I felt horrible at the end of this because because of my man Beecher dog, like I was oh uh, like, yeah I was you know like, what I didn't I didn't feel bad for him. This is what you get. This is literally what you get. No, but this, this is, is why I don't do shit for my enemies. No, what? Remember, remember, he was going to make the gesture, and they told him yes. not to say anything about it. They gave him bad advice. He yes. was going to tell him like, "Hey, I, I feel bad about this." Uh, you know, he tried. Remember, he tried, and that's when the fight happened. Yes, yeah, no, but he the had, city is. I will get to it in the story. He had had 100% uh, uh, expected to try again and say, look, dog, like, I feel bad about what happened to your son. I'm going to help you find your other son. And like, I'm not trying to do anything crazy. I just want to help you find your son, dog. And they, multiple people told him just like, if you're going to do it, don't fucking say nothing about it. And this, this is what happens. Yeah. But you know how that could have all not happened? Yep, you know how it could all not happen. So, this episode was called... Oh, I do have one more thing to say before we get started. One overall thought. Yes. Um, Ryan O'Reilly is now tied with Schillinger for worst person in Oz. No, no, no. no. Ryan O'Reilly was the... Is... Always has been the worst person in Oz. Like there's, there's, there's. I mean, like Schillinger is just like you know racist fuck. Like it's just kind of, just kind of grimy motherfucker. But like Ryan has always been a low down, dirty snake. So that everything for everything turns up aces for him. But like he is a, a horrible, horrible person. He's like the for for people who've seen the show, he is the Jax Teller of this of this show. 
where like some in some way you kind of root for him, but like he is the worst person here. Well, here's the thing about Ryan that um, the best way I can I can close my eyes and picture it is that Schillinger is like a dog on a chain. If you fuck with Schillinger, for the most part, he will react. But other than that, he is just sitting there growling at anybody who comes into his vicinity. And yes, he will like attack people who just because, but that's the same way that a dog will attack another dog if they get too close, just so then they know that he's supreme in their area. Ryan, on the other hand, is like a brown recluse sitting in the middle of a web. Every so often a brown recluse will just kind of strum its web so then it vibrates. And when it vibrates, it draws something to its web. Like it'll find interest, the, the insect will find interest and will get into the web and will get tangled into its web. And that's when it will eat it and destroy it. Ryan is causing chaos. There's a reason why they called him mayhem. There's a reason why he became mayhem for all those commercials. He was a perfect role. He was a perfect person. Yeah, he was. He was. He was casted like Ryan Robert Downey Jr. for our Iron Man. Mm-hmm. And so, <laughs> him compared to Schillinger, there's not. Ryan is every bit of the perfect inmate. And I'm not saying that like he's the perfect person. I'm saying that like he's a criminal through and through. And you just can't fucking pin anything on him. But he's done so much shit and caused so much shit to happen. It's a surprise he got caught. Yep. Because he, he got caught, caught though was because he was driving drunk after his brother got hurt. He lost control of his faculties because his brother got hurt. Otherwise, he'd still be out there on the block doing the same shit. But then, and then like, you know, like he he's the reason why his brother is here. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And like you had the opportunity to get your brother sent elsewhere. And at the time you wouldn't confess. Mm -hmm. All you did was lie and scheme and do everything you can to bring your brother to you so that you can eventually use him. Because that's all he really did was use his brother. Mm -hmm. So worst worst person ever Schillinger is up there I'm not going to front but Schillinger as we see in this show as we see in this episode more than any other time Schillinger is fully reactionary yes and when he had when he had a moment where he had a reason to whereas he might want to get the fuck out of there, he sat all the way the fuck back. He didn't plot, he didn't scheme until that shit started to turn against him. Mm-hmm. He turned he turned into he he switched roles with Beecher real fast when he thought that he had something worth being a good man for. And that's something Ryan doesn't have. He doesn't have anything worth being a good man for. Yeah, no. Because no. he only he only thinks of himself. Um so at the beginning of this uh episode they're having a press conference Wharton our Leo and um the governor are having a press conference regarding uh the escape of Miguel and and the mole. 
Um, and while Leo doesn't say shit about the mole, he says that Miguel is considered dangerous. Like, yeah, he was on meds, but now he's off meds and now he's dangerous. And it's like, damn, man, will the funk ever cease? Like, you got to stop hating on this nigga. One of them dug the tunnel. The other one just followed. Um, But the governor told Leo afterwards that the prison break's a good thing because, you know, it's sexy. People like sexy stuff, but, you know, they also like to see the escaped prisoners captured. And if you don't find the escapees, you ain't going to be no lieutenant governor. They're dangling the lieutenant governor in front of Leo an awful lot for them to not have made a decision for this shit as of yet at all. They are dangling the biggest of nuts in his face. Mm -hmm. He's just kind of like, I I should reach out and grab it. Like, no, nigga, like, what is you doing? Like, why can't you see that they playing you? What exactly is going on? Like, everything that they do, you're going to do this for us. Like, before, Leo would have maybe bucked. Like, yeah, uh, McManus would have bucked all the time. Leo may, may have maybe bucked sometimes. But now that they're dangling the lieutenant governor in front of him, he's like, Motisa? <laughs> would, you, would you like me to soft shoe? <laughs> Hello, my baby. Hello, my honey. <laughs> I'm I'm mad that McMahon is saying Camp Town Ladies because that's my song. The <laughs> Camp Town Ladies sing this song. Doodar. So Leo's like, I'm on the case, boss. And so he uh, sits down, Rebidon, he sits down, um, El Cid. And he asks Rebidon if he knows anything about the escape. And Rebidon says exactly what I would have, which is I'm actually hurt that he didn't ask me to come with him. He asked El Cid, and El Cid's like, when would I have found out that he was escaping? When he was in solitary? When he was in a hospital? Like, when was this supposed to happen, Leo? But Leo said the, Leo said the most important thing. Like, yo, you've been wanting to kill this dude, so of course you would be keeping tabs on him mm-hmm. so you can find your perfect opportunity to fucking kill this dude. So mm-hmm. if anybody's going to know something, the person who wants him dead might have an idea. And it's logical. But at the same time, Elsa is like, nah, <laughs> nah, not this time. And as he walks back from um, seeing Glenn, he walks past Poet and Adabisi. Uh, Adabisi was already teasing uh, El Cid about this earlier, about how he was never going to get a chance to kill Miguel now. And You're as he... Get it. And as he walks back to his pod from uh, seeing Glenn, uh, Adabisi and Poet are there to tease him again. Feeling cocky today? Always. Yeah, you won't be feeling so fucking cocky after I talk to the hacks. About what? About you giving the French guy the gun. One wants to know how Frenchie kills four guys. Tell me, was you that was responsible? They're gonna ship your Cocolo ass to death row, bro. Tell him it was me. I tell him it was you, papi. Hey, that's fine. We'll see who he believes. So. And he goes straight to Glenn and literally lays out shit that I have questions about. Let's go. Oh, Adabisi gave the gun to Toronto. Yeah. He wanted a white man to shoot a black man. Why? Why? Stir things up. 
One last question. Who did Adebisi get the gun from? Step out. him as a seal. Oh. Fuck. I was going to ask, how did he know that it was Clayton Hughes who did it? But then, I mean, it, it wasn't like Adebisi was waving the gun around that. It, yeah, never mind. Exactly. Like, that's that's what I said. When I was when I was like, well, how does he know all these details? And then I was like, we spent so much time talking about, yo, he just waved the fucking gun around. And then they made eye contact and did the hand over my heart thing. You know, like, it's, it, it, we kept saying, and nobody fucking seen this shit? How would mm-hmm. he even see this, though? Like, Hughes is all the way outside. Adebisi's in his room behind his bed. Adebisi is, is standing with the gun waving it around and he is not trying to hide it originally at all clayton is directly across from him from wherever his pod is and remember they're up high so like it, you know clayton is like on his way down the stairs and they do the thing so like anybody that's up there should be able to see this yeah but you have to be looking at both of them at the same time no, all you have to do is just notice that, well, first of all, you notice that this dude got the gun, and then you notice the connection that the two of them have. You don't even have to see who the hell is walking down the stairs. I mean, you is take your pick, dog. It's only it's a black dude walking down the stairs. It does, does the hand over my heart thing, does some sort of gesture to, towards him, like, I, I got you, dog. And, like, it don't take much to put two and two together there. And I so, thought it was a plot point because I was like, "Oh, so this nigga saw all this shit? He just know all this shit now?" He said, "He said he knew it already." I know, but I'm saying, I don't believe he saw that shit. I believe they just, he just wrote got that lucky. He saw that shit. That he just wrote that he saw that shit. Just he, he, saw, he the only person in the eyes that saw Clayton Hughes do that shit. I and they I, was out in the open. I think it's I think it's weird that he's the only one to see it. Like you know what I mean? I think it's very weird that he was the yeah, only one. Yeah, I agree. Like I, you know, it's convenient. Was, it's very convenient. It's very convenient. It's but, super I mean, what in this show hasn't been convenient? Also, did y'all catch Leo saying you hate you hate Ricardo as much as I do? Uh uh, Miguel, as much Miguel, as I do. Yeah, not Ricardo. He hate yeah. Miguel. As much, you hate Miguel just as much as I do. Yeah, he knows it. He ain't. That's why he said he was. That's why he said it was dangerous. He's hoping somebody shoots him in the streets. Yeah, I mean, he's that. I don't think that's on site. Like that beef is on site forever. That ain't never going away. And so, what happens next is that. Leo gets out a, a bottle of uh, a whiskey and sits down in the, the cafeteria and starts drinking and calls fucking Clayton Hughes up 
and Clayton shows up wearing fucking kente cloth, looking like Black Power Santa and shit. <laughs> he looks like he looks like I'm black, y'all. I'm black, y'all. <laughs> blinkin right. Blinkin black, y'all. He looks so <laughs> fucking stupid. Yes. And he comes in and he's looking like the way he's looking when he comes to talk to fucking uh, Glenn, the way he's looking. And I'm going to take a picture of this real quick. He looks like a little kid who's about to be uh, yelled at by his dad. Mom said you want to come talk to me. Or he looks like I just threw up. Either way it goes, man, fuck Clayton Hughes. Like, (laughs) seriously, I can't stand this nigga times five now. And he comes out here and he's like, man, fuck it. You know what? Dr. Clayton Johnson. Right. What's this about? Right there. Right fucking there. Yeah, I know. That's where my dad died. Stabbed by an inmate. A white inmate. Clayton, I'm going to ask you something. And I want you to tell me on your father's soul the absolute truth. Yes, I gave Adebisi the gun. (coughs) Feel better? No, I feel better. He backslapped the shit out of that nigga. Shot town. <laughs> he, gave that, he gave that motherfucker the bitch better have my money slap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yo, he deserved that slap. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not, for, I'm not a I'm not a violent man, but that was that was well deserved because he had done nothing. Nothing but protect the fuck out of you mm-hmm. when you've done dumb shit this whole fucking time, and now you've done the dumbest shit ever. And the only reason why you confessed is because black people died as a result. Mm-hmm. That's the only reason why he confessed. That doesn't. This. Yeah, brother, misguided. He mis- misguided so much, man. <laughs> Yeah. I don't understand this. Me neither. But it gets worse. It gets worse. It gets far worse. But, I mean, at this point in time, Leo's still trying to protect him in some way. He calls uh, one of the officers over who just happened to be in the area, tells him to arrest him, tells Clayton, shut the fuck up. Get a lawyer. Shut the fuck up. I did it, man. I'm guilty. I killed black people. All of a sudden, he cares about that shit. And so he's going to be in Oz real soon. And I'm looking forward to seeing it. No, you don't. I'm looking forward to it. I don't give a fuck. I just want to see him get beat up. Anyways. Trust trust me, you don't want this shit. Leo uh, talks to Adebisi and asks Adebisi about the gun. And Adebisi gets out of it. He's like, yeah, I had the gun. Hughes gave it to me, but I didn't give it to... Tarant, he stole the gun out of my cell. And uh, for that, he gets sent to the hole, which is cool since El Cid wanted him to go to death row and shit. (laughs) So he just gets sent to the hole and he and El Cid stare each other down his way into the hole. Also, I didn't notice, but when he gets thrown into the hole, no hat for you. He doesn't get to wear a hat in the hole. I thought they would have let him keep the hat. 
Anyways, next thing that happens is Enrique Morales, who it comes into Oz, he was convicted on April 6, 2000, of murder in the second degree. He was sentenced to 25 years, but he's up for parole in 15. Somehow, he knows El Cid. Everybody knows everybody in this show. Everybody comes from the same neighborhoods in this show, it seems, if you're Mexican. So he knows El Cid, which means he also knows... Um, ain't, that dude, ain't that dude Puerto Rican? I, I just know him from Dexter. The, I, know, I know him from a few things, but and like, and I think he was also in fucking Tombstone. Yeah, you know, it's it seems like this dude plays like he, he plays Hispanics, but hasn't he played a has hasn't he played an Italian or something before too? <laughs> like, I'm about to look him up, honestly. I, I'm about to look it up, but yeah, I, I'm I, I'm I don't know about the Italian part, but like, bruh. I'm about to look him up because he plays, he plays in so much. Like he's been he's been in everything. David Zayas. Okay, let's go. Uh, David Zayas. DB. Blah blah blah. Full bio. Okay, so David Zayas was born in Ponce, Puerto Rico. Uh, he was in the Expendables. He was definitely in Dexter, like I said. Um, he's always playing cops. Like, that's his thing. Um, he was in The Blacklist. He was in Gotham. He was Sal Maroney in Gotham. Yeah, he was Sal Maroney. I remember him from Gotham. Shit-ass show. Bro, Gotham, <laughs> Gotham. Let me tell you about Gotham. Gotham is the next to uh, Boys to Men's Evolution album. Uh, Gotham is the best cure for insomnia. Like, I thought it was uh, Nora Jones. No, Nora Jones is up See, there. I remember you saying this shit, nigga. You ain't getting out of dissing Nora, my cousin like that. Nora Jones is up there, but I I, I think Gotham Gotham is a strong is like a one-two punch. Like if it is either the <laughs> that that Boys to Men album or Gotham. Gotham put me to sleep and i was just like yo i'm thankful for gotham because there was some there was some nights where i I was living alone and i was like scared because i was on the wrong side of town and shit was just kind of fucked up but gotham <laughs> saved my life it made me go to sleep and i am thankful for gotham forever because if i need to go to sleep i just need to put on Gotham. okay <laughs> Okay. Morales comes in, and like I said, somehow he knows everybody who's Hispanic who was ever out on the streets. So he gets approached by Chucky like day one. And Chucky's like, yo, you went on, you want in on the dope game? Cool. El Sid's been fucking up. We think he's losing his mind. You can get a third of our drug share, which is what uh, El Sid had. All you got to do is kill El Sid. Morales is like, all right, cool. And he immediately goes and sees Rebido. Rebido, he tells Rebido, yo, you need to kill El Cid. In return, I'll give you whatever you want. If you don't do it, I'm going to kill you. Rebido's like, how the fuck you think I'm going to pull that off? And El, and uh, Morales is like, well, I'll talk with them to get you moved into a cell, which he does. He pulls that off. And at night, you just stab him in the neck. And How did he get the power to do that? I have no clue. The nigga just got there. I I don't know. 
But he like, was how like, did he get a meeting with what's his face and with Murphy? How did he pull it off? Listen to him. No clue. At all. Deadly serious. Connected though. And with Murphy? Connected. No. He connected enough to get an audience. I see. And so he um he tells Rebido, either you kill him or I'm gonna kill you. And Rebido was like, Well, I'll just go into protective custody. And Morales was like, for the rest of your life. I don't really like thinking about you spending your, the twilight of your life in solitary. He was like, I'm not like these other thugs. I'm a businessman. I wear Armani <laughs> suits and I surf the internet. He did say I surf the internet. <laughs> I, I saw it. I mean, I heard that. <laughs> so the year 2000, if you surf the internet, you were, you were sophisticated. I'm a businessman. I surf the internet, niggas. <laughs> we're going to make that into a t-shirt, by the way. Yeah, so I don't I don't use no damn AOL discs. I, I use Netscape. <laughs> Netscape Explorer, my nigga. Like that's real out here in these streets. I'm a real man. I use Alta Vista. <laughs> <laughs> I do all my searching on two cows. You know what? I don't have to worry about somebody picking up the phone during the dial-up. Oh shit, when he said that, I fell the fuck out. I'm a businessman. I wear Armani suits and surf the internet. That's real living. So he goes and he talks to Officer Murphy and convinces him somehow that um, El Cid needs guidance from somebody who's older and more sophisticated. Why not Rebido? And Rebido gets in there. And at first, I didn't think it was going to work because El Cid was like, yo, how long you been in prison? And Rebido was like, 35 years, give or take a day. And El Cid was like, me too, about 35 years. And I thought he was telling him, yo, don't fuck with me. I've been in here as long as you have. I know all the ropes, but nope. They caught the mole between these two scenes. They caught the mole. He was caught stalking Miss Sally's house like a dumb motherfucker. Right. Miguel is still on the run. Also, what I found out is that Miguel is on the run. The reason why Miguel escaped and it was out of no fucking where was because Band of Brothers was recording. And Miguel's on that show. But also remember, right before he left, he told Miguel, like, you know what I mean? Like, I did, I did a whole. Yeah, no, that's to set this up. That's what I'm saying. Like, this yeah. all happened so then he could be on Band of Brothers and nobody would be like, yo, what the fuck? Right. But after that scene, they go back to El Cid, who gets in bed and he's like, Good night. What's your name? And, and he's what's like, your Apparently, McManus also was gone because he was doing some sort of uh, stage play. Well, we don't need to know that just yet. You know, when he pops back up, you could be like, yeah, he was gone because of this. Mm -hmm. Don't reveal the magic. I mean, yeah. I'm fucking with you. I don't really care. Rebido gets told uh, goodnight by, by El Cid, which is really nice because maybe El Cid respects his elders. I don't fucking know, but Rebido shanks him, like stabs him right in the neck, and I didn't think he had it in him, which is surprised that, I mean, because obviously he had it in him to kill somebody. He's obviously done it before. Like, Morales knew that shit. I don't know how he knew that shit, but he knew that shit. And also, the way that El Cid died was pretty damn unceremonial, if you ask me. I mean, do you want a ceremony for El Cid? I just want his ass gone. Yeah, I wanted him to actually get a chance to fuck with uh, with Miguel. It just doesn't make any sense anymore. 
The fact that he said that, um, the fact that he was saying that it's like a twitch. He doesn't know why he doesn't like him. Like, I, I didn't like the way that they ended his life. With him admitting, I don't even know why I don't like him. I just don't like him. I wanted them to get a chance to go heads up. Like he's been sending niggas at him, like the fucking boss from one of the from one of the Bruce Lee movies. And this is how he goes out. Has anybody gone out the way you expected them to? No, I mean Keen did. Keen, sort of. Yeah, I mean they gave him the electric chair, and then nobody stabbed him on the way to the room. He fucking got the electric chair. So yes. King did. Sort of. No, you know who went out like, the way I expected to and it was totally satisfying? Wangler. Stanking ass Scott Ross. And Scott. Well, we didn't see Scott Ross. He Scott got killed Ross, off, got killed off screen. Killed screen. But he died the way we'd have expected him to, getting shot in the dick, the head, and the heart. <laughs> Fuck that stanking ass motherfucker. But no, I just, you know. Getting, I didn't see that coming. Maybe that was a problem. I just, I, I, you never saw it coming. Shout out to that nigga WC. No, that wasn't WC. What the fuck? TC. No, not TC. TX. No. The fuck was that nigga's name? One of them niggas. One of them. The nigga signed with no lemon and just fell out of life. Or did he sign with? uh, Gosh, he signed with Juvenile in them. Cash money. <sighs> man, but anyway, that was that was TC though, right? It, I don't know what the nigga's name was. Was it TC? I'm pretty sure it was TC. That signed with Cash Money. TQ. You sure it was TQ? Not the TC? nigga's name was TQ. Mm-hmm. TQ. The first album was great. The second album was not. The third album was not even available. TQ. Okay. Yeah. But um. So yeah. Never saw that coming. I, I, I'm still shocked by the fact that Rebido pulled that he did that. And also that motherfuckers believed him. Because you're literally lying on his back with the shank still in his neck, screaming and yelling. And folks are like, oh, yeah, he probably attacked you. Yeah, I mean, the, who is is it hard enough to think that yo, I got switched to this dude's pod? I probably have to have something to protect myself because he might try me because I'm an old man. You know, after the nigga escaped or tried to, or built a hole or was gonna escape, I'm watching everybody, all the folks who ever who I caught trying to do something and I caught them doing it, I don't trust them anymore. So yeah, no, why the fuck you wanna be in the room with him? Are you gonna stab him? You gonna stab him, ain't you? But the fact the fact that nobody asked any questions because he had just got there is yeah. the problem. Is yeah. the problem that I have. Like even if, okay, maybe he tried you on your first on your first night, and maybe you had to do some things, but like the fact that this just happened right after we switched you over, and no one's asking any further questions than that. And I mean, also, when Rebido killed the other dude, when they got him sent to jail in the first place, mm -hmm. he literally blacked out. Like he was so angry about what the dude did that he grabbed a utensil and stabbed him with it. Mm -hmm. It wasn't premeditated, it wasn't anything like that. Rebido has never given off the vibe of being a premeditated murderer. Mm -mm. And you're going to tell me that he's willing to do this, that he can pull this off. 
when he was complaining that that Wangler was fucking with him? I don't see it. I think I, I see it after Wangler was fucking with him that he's just like, okay, I have to do this or I'm going to or I'm going to get fucked up. But this is also my chance to show these motherfuckers not to fuck with me. Yeah, true, I guess. Rest in peace, El Cid. This song dedicated. Rest in piss, El Cid. Fuck that nigga. Fuck that nigga forever. Reaper though went out like a G, man. He fucking said, I'll do this shit. I ain't trying to fucking die. I don't care if I'm old. Also, did we get to... No, we didn't get to that part yet. We'll bring it up later. No, we did get to this part. I meant to say this earlier. What's the What's the digger's name? What's his name again? Uh, Boost Mollis. Boost Mollis. They said that man's in his mid-50s. He looks at least 70. late 60s. And, 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 and if he's in his late 50s, then they wouldn't have had him with the others. Because honestly, there's niggas. Schillinger looks like he's in his early, late 40s, early 50s. I mean, he's no, no, no. He says he. he that's like just he the hair. That's no, the but hair. I'm that's saying that's what I would think that somebody who was, you know, 40s or 50s will look like. Boots Mollis looks like he's literally. He literally wears hats from the 60s. He's wearing fucking um, what's what's the nigga's name? Austin Powers hat at one point in the show. He looks like he's called somebody a cat daddy and meant it. <laughs> It looks like he gets all his fashion advice from Gilligan's Island. Right? <laughs> like and you're saying to... he's 50? No, I don't, I don't believe that. But that's exactly why they would have never found him. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Adebisi finds out about El Cid being shanked when he comes back from the hole. And so he decides that this is another brick on the road to him getting a black man in charge of Oz. So he goes and talks to a reef and tells him that they should go tell Glenn that Murphy isn't fit for the position. Um, he also wants to get Saeed involved to help out their cause, which, okay. Um, Saeed is like, why the fuck do you think that I want to work with you? Uh, a reef tells him straight out, look, Saeed ain't going to fuck with you. He's not going to help at all. And um, Glenn or Adabisi tells him, you need to have faith. I thought yeah. you were a Muslim. Because because he knows that in order to get Saeed on your side, you need to appeal to his sense of vanity. He's mm-hmm. vain. He's vain. No matter what he tells you, he's vain. You appeal to that shit and you can get anything you want from him. He also... And, and he, he went also, out and proved it. He also... Thinks of himself as a good person. So, no, Saeed. Oh, good. I got scared there for a second. No, Saeed thinks of himself as a good person. Yes. And so, he, even if he doesn't, even if his urges or something is fighting him to do something that he would deem or the world may deem wrong or, you know, not right, he's going to be like, Ah, all right, I'll do it, even if he's not into it. And that's what I was saying last week when we were talking about him. When he was talking um, to to the uh, talking about the um, gay people, it was like in his mind, 
he thinks he's doing a good thing. And just like mm-hmm. in this episode, and then relative to his peers, he is doing a good thing relative to his peers because he talked to what's his face and that dude was basically like, no, you cannot, you cannot represent this gay man. And it, it wasn't on no, he killed somebody, so you can't represent him. They don't give a fuck. They they be happy when killers get out of jail. What's what's his name? Um, that's in charge of the Muslims now. Khan. Reef. Arif. Arif. Arif is like, you are not representing this gay man. I don't care if he's innocent or not innocent. You are not representing this gay man. And Saeed was like, I'm gonna do it anyway. The fuck. <laughs> and saying that Arif was like, uh, you said that you won't go challenge. You didn't want no. You know, like he he turns into a straight bitch. Well, you said you won't go challenge me. He was like, yeah, I'm not gonna challenge you, but I ain't your bitch either. It was like I, I, I said I wasn't gonna challenge your power. You ain't gonna subjugate me. I don't I don't belong to you, Arif. You can go fuck yourself, good sir. Right. You said you wasn't gonna do that. You said you wasn't gonna sing no more, Leon. So, anyways, uh Ada BC talks to Saeed and it works. And so Saeed gets Lester Freeman to come and talk to Warden Glenn. I don't know what his real name or what his name is for this episode, but he's he's he, he's Lester Freeman. And so Lester and uh, Zellman, the lawyer, and random black woman, who's also on a place of power, come and talk to Leo about getting a black person in power in Oz. Also, also, the lawyer was like, I'm down for this, too. Which I was like, okay, okay. Appreciate you taking the time to see us, Warden. I'm always open to input from the community. Naturally, we're concerned about the most recent incident of racial tension that has culminated in the deaths of several African Americans. We believe that your decision to fire Tim McManus as unit director of Emerald City will only help ease the situation. This murder last night, a white man killed a Latino? That wasn't racially motivated. Even so, we believe the man that you have running in Emerald City temporarily isn't any more qualified than McManus. What we're interested in is this. Who you plan to replace McManus with on a permanent basis? Well, I'm going over a number of applicants. Obviously, we know you'll select the best man. We simply ask you that, if possible, you choose a person of color. Ah. We believe that many mistakes were made because McManus didn't have enough experience dealing with men from the inner cities. I see. We hear that you may be running as Devlin's lieutenant governor. We would certainly consider throwing our support behind you if we knew that you were sympathetic to our concerns. I mean, the truth is, I am thinking about hiring a black man for the job. Nigga, please. (laughs) Hey, there'll be some black folks behind you. I'll dance for you too, sir. Swing low. Sweet chariot. And not only not only uh, will I dance for you, sir, but let me sweeten the pot for you, ma'am. Maybe a black woman. That's excellent news. I'm not making uh, any promises. Of course not. Whoever's most qualified. Absolutely. Absolutely. He is not a politician yet, but he is pandering his ass off. Mm-hmm. He's getting there. And all he had to hear was, we'll support you. Oh, man, why didn't you say that shit? Shit, nigga. Why didn't you say that from the beginning? Shit, nigga, that's all you had to say. 
So, uh, <laughs> if we actually name these episodes uh, anything other than what the episode title was, it would be shit, nigga. <laughs> oh shit, nigga! That's a, why didn't you say that shit sooner? That's <laughs> all you had to say. Also, in the um, land of Desmond Mobay. He's about to get fucked up. But before that happens, uh, Augustus, I just wanted to play this real quick because this is literally them trying to get Augustus just into regular odds conversations. This was such an over. It was it was just a it was just a stupid ass like want to be odd couple type shit. Yeah, it was like, what is this? But the thing is, this scene where and and I'm gonna play it real quick because it's 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 inconsequential and it's stupid. Obey. Obey. Yo, man. Yeah, man. Yo, man, you move my chair? How many times I gotta fucking tell you don't move my chair? I had to pee last night. I don't give a shit about you peeing. Look, man, all day I got people fucking with me, all right? Jumping on the back of my chair and shit. I don't need you fucking with me, too. Okay, okay. I'm sorry I moved the chair. Right. It's like, why all of a sudden does Augustus sound like DMX? Like, why? All he needed was to Augustus go. was heated, boy. But I, he was heated over some bullshit. It's just like, damn, dog. Like, I this mean, is this this is the same type of fake ass anger. Look, here's the thing. Here's what pissed not pissed me off, but here's the thing about this scene. This is the same type of fake ass anger that they told Dr. Nathan to have about the fact that somebody somewhere wouldn't call her doctor. Mm-hmm. It's the same type of anger that he had earlier in the in season what season two, season three. When he was in the pod with Beecher and Beecher farted. This yeah, is this is made up filler nonsense. Exactly. And it's like, we don't need this. I don't, I don't, I don't care that you know he moved your chair. Why did nigga? Hey, yo, can you grab my chair, please? Bring it to me. Okay. Yeah. I mean, and that's what he did. Like he woke him up, he got down there, he immediately moved the chair, and he even apologized. apologized. What else do you want from a nigga? Like right. he said, you got to pee. Your chair was right below the fucking bed. Like, do, what do you want him to stand in your fucking chair? And then roll across the room while Benny Hill plays in the background. <laughs> he hits his head on the toilet and dies, or gets paralyzed. Now you're both in a wheelchair. Now y'all both fighting over the bottom bunk. That shit's stupid, bro. That shit's stupid. It's unnecessary, and I think it's it's. I think that we need to move on because it's unnecessary to keep talking about this shit. Yeah, no, I'm moving on already. I just wanted to point out the fact that they're forcing him into situations where he's an actual person in Oz instead of just being this overseer of Oz. Um, Did you notice in the beginning of the show when he was talking in front of all the inmates, like when he was doing this uh, monologue? None of the inmates behind them were real inmates in us. They were all mm-hmm. extras. No, no, they were all extras. 
every single one of them. I was looking to see if there was anybody I recognized and not a soul. Not a soul. It's so weird how they do this. And so uh, Mobe goes into work. He works with uh, in Leo's office and he tells Leo, hey, I've gotten in good with paying Carmo, Morales, and Atabisi, uh, but I'm pretty certain they're going to make me take drugs. And <laughs> I got you. You know you a cop. You can't really. You can't. You can't really take drugs. drugs. You a cop. You can't do I got, that. I got ways around drugs. I got a plan, life. bro. And his plan is immediately whatever it was. Because he never says what the actual plan was, but it is immediately shuttered. I think it's what it, I think is. He thought that he would be able to do what he's been doing is pretending like what they could look at him and see. He pretends and then gets rid of the shit. But then again, he wasn't even get rid of the shit because we about to find out in a minute. But also on top of all of that, he tells uh, Leo. Yeah, man. They usually be so high themselves, they don't even notice that I'm not taking drugs. And so, nah, we just gonna pour these drugs out in the middle of the gym because there's no cops in here ever. Right. And we want you to snort heroin off the floor. At first, I thought he was gonna try and catch it in the straw so or in the dollar bill that they or in the paper they somehow had. I thought he was going to try and catch it in there and pinch it off so it didn't reach his nose. But then they made him snort three lines of the shit and that nigga couldn't even stand the fuck up. Right? He was fucked up. And then out of nowhere, like right behind that, they happened to do a shakedown and he's so high that he's thrown up all over the pod door and they just so happened to have a drug sniffing dog with them for this shakedown for like the first fucking time ever. Yeah, we ain't never seen no dog with them. Never. And they find bags of dope. Have we ever seen a dog in Oz, period? Not not ever. Not once. We ain't never seen it. So they find all the bags of dope in his mattress because this motherfucker has been stupid enough to not put the drugs anywhere else. We seen him pour out the first one. Mm-hmm. And he's just Why? been stashing the rest like Pookie. Why? Like it makes no sense. Why have you not been getting rid of the rest of this shit? But if anything else, why why is Adabisi the only one who knows that he can move the fucking panels at the top of his fucking in the roof? Oh, it has a drop ceiling? Yeah, why not just put it in the in the ceiling space? The cell phone? The, the the fucking drugs or even better you literally have told the first time, the you first have time. told glenn that you're an undercover cop why not have glenn tell the rest of the officers it's not like you're inspecting the officers oh uh, no because you no, don't you, you can't don't trust them niggas oh right right cos can't be trusted at all that's right you you right you right my bad now nah, you right for real yeah, so, no. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I mean, the first the first time we saw somebody pull something from the ceiling is that fucking CD player. Yeah, something as insignificant as a CD player was being hidden in up up in the fucking ceiling. And you mean to tell me that you can't think of an idea that your drugs that you're hoarding instead of disposing of could be put somewhere else? Mm-hmm. And so that nigga big zooted. And he gets taken to the hole because he has like enough bags of dope in his fucking mattress that he could literally get hit up for selling drugs. If they got, um, if they sent El Cid to the hole, 
and sent uh, Chico and 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 Carlos to the hole. Carlo to the hole for having the bags that they had taken from Ryan. That nigga should be in the hole for a good long term. Right. And so Glenn comes in to check on him because again he's a he's an undercover cop and he sees it. He's so high that he can't even stand the fuck up. And Mobe assures him he'll be fine. How the fuck he won't? You can tell right right now. That nigga's gonna be addicted as fuck. You gave him three lines, he lit. He is. Yeah. And that's probably his first three lines in his life. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's not a good scene. No. He should have been just eyes rolled in the back of his head in heaven. Not able to talk, just like scratching his chest and shit. That's how I see it on the corner. <laughs> scratching his chest. My question is, why does he have to be a user to be a dealer? Like, I feel like if you, you wouldn't person, want somebody to be a, de- no. a user if no. they're dealing. Didn't you see what happened with Adam BC in season one? Yeah, but like you you have to make him use to prove that he's not a cop. Like, that's that's the, the whole point of this. Make him use to prove that he's not a cop. That you only have the word of this one dude. But wait, wait. They didn't make Morales take drugs. They didn't make Chucky take drugs, and Adabisi would have done it willingly. So that's my point. They just assume they good people because. Well, the other thing is, but, but Lance Chucky, Reddy but came Chuck- in there by himself. He was part of a crew, exactly. Yeah. And, and Chucky was connected already. Yeah. The the uh, obviously the the Hispanic and Morales got in because he killed El Cid for Chucky. Okay, yeah, but then also like he was already connected from the jump because he knew everything and everyone. Mm-hmm. So he has some connections to all of this shit. So like, so he already had. I mean, somebody had to vouch for him. I mean, Chucky wouldn't have talked to this dude right when he first got in the fucking Oz if he if he didn't have somebody to vouch for him. Yep, that's very true. Return to Oswald. We'll be back after this brief break. Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast. Providing podcasts with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you can get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at p-o-d-o-g-o dot c-o. And be sure to add our podcast in the How Did You Hear About Podgo section of the application. Hey, this is Russ. This is Kyle. This is Michelle. From the Infectious Groove Podcast. Join us every Monday for the most fun you can have with a music podcast. The Infectious Groove Podcast uses a positive and fun approach as we take time every week to share our jammy jams, then dig into a thought-provoking topic discussing all decades and genres of music. You can find the Infectious Groove Podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can head to infectiousgroovepodcast.com to find us there and subscribe. We might have a controversial opinion here or there, but we always have fun with it. Oh, I'm sure I'll say something dumb. Subscribe to the Infectious Groove Podcast, part of the Odd Pods Media Network. Hello. Hi. Uh, I'm just calling today to see... Who is this? Uh, this is uh, Shane from the Good Game Guys. I'm not interested. I'm, I haven't even told you what it's about yet. Take me off your list. Uh, okay. Goodbye. Son of a... Devon, these cold calls aren't working. And I feel stupid. 
All I want is to get people excited about our show, The Good Game Guys, being available every Sunday morning on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever they get their podcasts. Because how else are people going to know that we cover the latest in video game news and do routine interviews with some of the best folks in the podcast community? They won't, unless I, I make more calls. So. Hello? Hi, this is Shane from The Good Game Guys. How are you today? Follow us on Twitter at Good Game Guys Pod. When you're done listening to this podcast, check out mine. My name is Dave, and I'm the host of Beer in Front. My podcast is just enjoying the beer that's in front of you. Sometimes we forget about a classic beer while we focus on the new trendy thing. What I try to do each week is to enjoy an old school classic or have a beer that has potential to be a classic. I'll also talk about events of the day. I'll add my spin to things. And each week there are people that really annoy me and I'll call them out as the jag off of the week. That's Beer in Front, available wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Wine, Dine, and Storytime. I'm Nydia. I'm Dana. I'm Cindy, and we're your hosts. Have you ruined a family gathering by asking what wine pairs well with eating a husband? Are you the CEO of TMI? Have you ever been kicked under the table because you brought up your favorite dinner topic, atrocities throughout history? Then this podcast is perfect for you. Each week, Dana and I share stories based on topics that include true crime, historical shenanigans, unexplained mysteries, and all things fascinating, while our amateur chef Cindy prepares themed dinners and pairs wines based on those topics. Find us, the Wine, Dine, and Storytime podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts, and give us a follow. So the next thing that happens is that Saeed decides that he's going to work with Jason. Um, and Areep is like, nah, nigga, you ain't going to do that. As a matter of fact, I forbid that shit. Is your rumor true? You're going to defend that man? Yes, man. I forbid it. You forbid it? You swore you wouldn't challenge me. Over leadership, Rudy. I did not say that I would subjugate my actions to your will. The next thing that not, happens... I did not say I was going to be your bitch. Yeah. For the layman. And the next thing that happens is that uh, Saeed is in the library talking with Jason about the case when Beecher comes in and says that they won the case regarding the riots. The state lost the case um, and that the settlement is reported to be forty five million dollars. At that moment, Saeed seemed salty uh, because he wasn't the one who had a voice during the case. Yes. But then after that. He finds out that while he isn't getting any money, Trisha sure as hell is, and she's going to take her reported $250,000 and move to California. Uh, she tells Kareem at that point, after she tells him that she's moving to California, she's like, I love you, but I feel like I feel like our relationship is just hampered here. Can you tell me that you love me too? And he's like, no, and walks away. Now, if she had asked him before she said she had gotten 250K and was moving to another state, he might have said it. That's my theory. 
So they they each got two. So O'Reilly and all them niggas getting two hundred fifty thousand dollars. I think that all the people whose families died in the riot are getting money. Oh. The inmates ain't getting shit. No, they said that they're getting money. Remember, they ain't getting no two hundred fifty thousand dollars. That would be said, like they, they that would be before. like when Roseanne had a dream that she was rich in the final season of Roseanne. Well, hold on. Didn't they, they say did the say settlement that, was thirty five million? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Forty five million. Forty five million, right? How many inmates you think are in Oz? A hundred? In Emerald City? I don't think they're getting two hundred fifty k though. I don't think they're getting. They might get a phone card. If they each got a hundred k, that would be three. That would be three million. No, thirteen million. Yeah, he said that. thirty-five million. They're getting some money. They're not getting two hundred fifty thousand dollars each. I would fall the fuck out if they gave every inmate in there two hundred fifty thousand dollars each. They, they would like how the fuck what, fuck you. They go into their account. Most of them niggas ain't getting out, <laughs> right? But now they got two hundred fifty thousand on the books. Like, come on now, I can't see it happening. Please don't let that happen. Um, but the next thing that happened is hmm? is is ramen and motherfucking cookies for and honey buns for everybody in this bitch. <laughs> Everybody get ramen, cookies, and some motherfucking. All I want is oodles and noodles, man. Just give me the chicken ones, not motherfucking, beef. Motherfucking honey buns. Like the way they talk about honey buns in like jail around around here. Honey buns is like it, dog. Like, like honey buns is like what we think that cigarettes are. Motherfucking honey buns, dog. Wow. And so they have the case, and I was thinking that after all this shit was said, like, okay, Saeed's gonna, uh, something bad's gonna happen, he's gonna lose again, Jason's gonna be like, you didn't do shit for me, but nope, the juror that was in the case, this dude was, I'm not gonna say he's white and stupid, I'm not gonna do that, I'm just gonna say the motherfucker was stupid as fuck, and he was arrogantly stupid as fuck, and he was openly stupid as fuck in a time when he should have not been stupid as fuck. Yes. You see it? All right, gentlemen, I have read the motion by the plaintiff. I am ready to hear arguments. Your Honor, Jason Kramer is a homosexual, but he was not on trial for that. He was on trial for murder in the first degree, kidnapping, assault with a dangerous instrument. Now, a juror, a Mr. Christopher Jacobs, during the jury's deliberations, made continuous defamatory statements to the others regarding Mr. Kramer's sexual orientation. I did not go on and on and on. I made a couple of simple statements. Every one of those people in the jury agreed with me. And was one of those simple statements, this should not take long, that he was a fag, that all fags should be dead. I don't know if I said those words exactly. Before you heard any other evidence, any other witnesses, how were you going to vote? Guilty. <laughs> Yes, Your Honor? Your lawyers should never have allowed Christopher Jacobs a seat in the jury box. That was their mistake. Normally, I would chalk it up to bad luck on your part and wish you well. But there was a judge presiding at your trial, and he should never have allowed Jacobs to serve. And for that reason, and for that reason only, I am going to grant your motion for a new trial. Ah! What if?
Okay. Look, dude, you're about to go to trial. You were literally the only person who's keeping a dude who fucking chopped somebody's head off and tried to send it through the mail. You were the only person keeping him in jail. I'm not saying to lie. I'm just saying you better omit some shit. Why? That's not the that's not the most important part of that. What are you talking about? The most important the 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 the, the, the whole case. No. That, that right no. now, this whole thing that got him another case. But that's not the most important part. The most important part is that he's gay. Yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. That's what the whole that's how Saeed got him a second yes. case by and saying, I'm saying the guy to the guy, Clifford, whatever the hell his name was, him killing that dude no. is irrelevant. No, what I'm saying is, yeah, Jason Kramer, him killing the dude was irrelevant to this to this juror. Yes. But if I'm the juror's lawyer who's literally sitting here, Mr. Fortunato was his lawyer. If I'm sitting here, I'm telling you, dude. Just go up there and tell him that you didn't fucking say that shit. Yeah, but why would he do that when that's not the most important part? But he made it the most important part over the important part is the fact that he killed the dude. No, no. Y'all are not, see, y'all are trying to think like you would think. You're not thinking how a big... Like a homophobe would think. It's like, I yes. talk I talk to people about politics all the time, but, but I'll, I'll just use an example. People will be like, how come the people in West Virginia voted for Trump, but they also voted to increase the minimum wage and they also voted to have health care. They didn't want Obamacare to go away, but they still voted for Trump. Why? Because that's not the most important thing. Yeah, I, Republican Hick in West Virginia, may want my wage to go up. I may want free health care, but I don't want that more than letting women get abortions. I don't want that more than to be able to carry guns wherever I want. I don't want that more than to tell black people what they can't do and let next people what they can't do and get these Asian people out of our country. So, you know, I'll deal with my wages being low and I'll deal with my health care being shitty. And I don't care if it kills me because at least I get to keep these guns. That's because that's what's most important to them, even though they support other things. This guy was like, OK, killing someone may be bad. But I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I like gay people. Are you shouldn't me? No, I don't like gay people, and I wasn't going to vote for him no matter what. I wasn't going to give him, vote him innocent no matter what because he's gay. Because in his mind, that's the right thing to do. You gotta think like they think. Well, you shouldn't think like they think, but that's how they think. So you being a lawyer, you telling the lawyer, "Hey man, go up there and tell him you ain't say that shit." And the guy's like. Why? There's nothing wrong with what I said. He even said it. The judge said, the side said, what, what did you already have an opinion before you heard any evidence or any testimony? And he said, yeah, he was guilty. And that is a problem. Yep. And he said, <laughs> instead of saying, like, I don't recall or nothing like that, you know, like, man, he say all that. <laughs> One, two, three, four, fifth. 
<laughs> yeah, played the fifth something. Like he was just like, man, you say all that. I didn't say it that much. Man, I didn't I even didn't... say all that. I didn't say it like you think I said it. Yeah, I called him a homophobic slur, but it wasn't in the context. I mean, you said it before you said should die. And I said it after I said should die. You know what? Your beat goes dun 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 fucking politics, dog. It's politics. It's crazy. So I, I don't even know why I'm in this motherfucking courtroom. <laughs> so Kramer received a new trial, and Saeed is being thanked by Jason and the gay inmates, uh, and the reef and the and the Muslims see it and they don't like that. They grit on this nigga hard, so hard. They're just like nigga. And he felt that shit too. Cause he he withers. He's like, fuck, man. I just helped a gay dude. And like I helped all these gay people because like all of the gay people weren't fucking excited. Mm-hmm. And then it's just like, what the fuck did I do? Yo. So like the way he the way he withered after that was just kind of like, bruh, you did a good thing. Yeah, exactly. You did a good thing. So why are you but we know why? It's because the what's good, and it's just like what Brandon's been saying. The good thing is conflicting in him with what his religion would tell him to actually do. Mm-hmm. His religion tells him to love his neighbor. No, it doesn't. Uh, I mean, it depends when you what parts you want to listen to. Yeah, in that context. <laughs> yeah, and so the next thing that happens is that uh, we go to death row. And Suge, not nah. Um, we go to death row, and Natalie uh, is for some reason. I guess they were having a conversation that we walked in on, uh, because Natalie is talking to Shirley and the other dude across from Natalie, and also to Moses. Surprise, motherfucker! And she confesses to the murder of Antonio Napa but that she also tells him that she did it at the behest of Chucky Pancamo. And I still wonder why she never told anybody about that extra tidbit. Like, why isn't Chucky in there with her? Because she was gonna die anyway. Cause remember she was in the AIDS ward. She's not, she doesn't give a fuck about her life at this point. Yeah, but still. I mean, she, I mean, I mean, if you, I mean, if you think about it from the fact, like, she's in the AIDS ward, you know, t- t- chances are she's not going to make it out of there anytime soon anyway. So, depending on how far along it is, may not even make it to an execution. So, why the fuck not? And, I mean, we never find out what actually was the result. Like, what did she get out of killing Napa I mean, uh, the, for the Chucky? Death, and and, and what it seemed penalty. like she got was cigarettes, but it may have been something deeper. Like we're not like Chucky told her, you know, we won't fuck with the gay inmates. Maybe. You would have thought that would have been something they would have said, though. So I don't know. But anyway, uh, after she gets done, right after she gets done confessing to the murder of Antonio, uh, Lopresti comes in the death row and he's like, bedtime. <laughs> And right in front of Moses, this motherfucker fucked Shirley. Like screaming fucking Shirley. 
this nigga says bedtime for them, but it's motherfucking bedtime the song for him. It's go time. And I'm saying, like, yo, drop a dime on this motherfucker. Like, I know you saw it. You were jacking off to it. Who gonna believe him? And he wanna You keep think Shirley off. would say no? You think he wanna stop jacking off because he get to see porn right in front of him? Yeah, that's true. And you on death row? What's and she's looking important? right at him. Yeah, what's well, yeah, she's teasing him. Mm-hmm. What do you think is more important? You snitching or you getting off before you die? It's a it's a good last meal. I can't, I can't even say anything. Shining priorities. Right, right. Um, also they find out that um Shirley's ex-husband wants to have her buried uh right next to their dead daughter when she dies and she doesn't like that she wants to be buried in an unmarked grave uh and he because he's given his life to christ i guess now he wants her to be buried where you know next to family and so they have a conversation hello shirley zeke you're looking very thin that new wife not feeding you Patsy's a singer. She don't have time to cook. Singer, huh? Chanteuse. My, my. Lucky you. Is she pregnant? We decided not to have kids. She afraid what it might do to her figure? Might ruin that Chanteuse's career? No, I just wouldn't be able to survive losing another child. (coughs) Burn! I want to be buried in an unmarked grave. No, it's wrong. All the years we were married, you never did one thing I asked. Do this. No. I want to be lost in oblivion. It's too late for that, Shirley. You're infamous. I don't understand. I think you wouldn't want me buried anywhere near Katie. Well, you see, you're wrong. Because I forgive you. You forgive me? It took me all this time to get my heart in place, but Reverend Nay, he's been very helpful to me, praying with me. Praise the Lord. You forgive me. Yes. What makes you think I want your fucking forgiveness? Surely don't. You come in here all high and mighty, deciding to free me of my guilt. Well, Zeke, I don't feel guilty. I did what I had to do. And unlike you, at least my balls were big enough. (laughs) You came to console me? Well, I got a little consolation prize for you, darling. You and the Chanteuse ought to go ahead and have yourselves another child because when Katie died, you didn't lose a child. She wasn't yours. What? Your father raped me. That child was his seed. God damn you! I'm gonna put this under my pillow tonight. Wait for the tooth fairy to come. She came in and told him straight up, you come in here with all your God bless you's and platitudes and talking John 316. Well, Austin 316 said, I just whooped your ass. And I was like, I kept saying, I know that dude from something. And that, that his accent just kind of threw me off. But that's the uh, fucking um, the judge from Power. Didn't watch Power. Man, I don't watch Power anymore. Yeah. D- but every time they every time they they had something in court, they would the, the, he was the judge. The best judges in any TV show 
uh, whether paid cable or, or, you know, like CBS and whatnot, were the judges on The Good Wife and The Good Fight. Those were some bomb ass judges. He also he also was like the, the head of the CIA or some shit like that in Blind Spot. Mm. I, li- I like Blind Spot. Mm. Okay. Well, she, he gets mad and he doesn't handle it well at all. He, he hits her like a straight up man. Right. Like, like you should go home and hit your daddy. Right. Um, the next thing we see is that Ryan is renting Nikolai's phone. And uh, Nikolai, he doesn't like having to rent Nikolai's phone. He's like, I thought that we were friends now. Why am I still paying for your phone? And so he goes and talks to Murphy. He goes to Murphy to talk about Ralph Galino being dead. He's like, isn't that strange that, you know, Ralph never did drugs on the outside. And within a week, he dies of an overdose. We, we really need to just get past this. This is fucking stupid. At the same time, Nikolai goes and tries to talk to Sister Pete to try and get him placed in solitary because Ryan may be suicidal. Then Adabisi and Ryan talk, and Ryan tries to get Adabisi to kill Nikolai. And then Nikolai goes to Hoyt and tells him that Ryan knows that Hoyt killed Galeno. And then they smile on each other's faces, and Ryan keeps paying them to use the phone. And it's an interesting exchange. Why don't Ryan just take the damn phone? I don't know. This is turning into Clayton. What's he going to do? He ain't going to do shit. Try and get somebody else to kill Ryan, I guess. I don't know. He's trying anyway. Might as well just take take the fucking phone. But the next thing that happens after that is that uh, the O'Reilly brothers meet up with Dr. Nathan and Preston's family. And before they walk in to uh, meet Preston's mother and father, Sister Pete tells Ryan, yo. <laughs> she gives him the, we just, we go into the grocery store speech. Don't mm-hmm. touch nothing. Don't say nothing. Don't ask for nothing. nothing. I'm like, I don't want to hear, I don't want to hear you. You better not go in here and tell him that you're in love with Dr. Nathan. And he's like, okay. And then this shit happens. Now I'm going to play this because the first part of this, the acting is fucking horrendous. And I laughed. I laughed loud and lustily. And then after that, Ryan came through and kicked over the buildings like the fucking dog pound in New York. Bro, when she recoiled, when he walked in and put his hand out, I almost peed myself. It went downhill from there. Lars and Patricia Nathan, Ryan and Cyril O'Reilly. I'm sorry. No, 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry. A child dies of a disease in war. Hell gets hit by a crosstown bus. Somehow you can convince yourself his death makes sense. But this. so premeditated, so cold-blooded. I was behind him. So I couldn't see his eyes. (laughs) If I had seen his eyes... I don't know if I could have kept going. I keep thinking about the future. Gloria and Preston were almost ready to have children. 
my grandchildren. I hate you for taking them away from me. You can blame me and Cyril all you want for not having grandchildren, but the truth is, you're just fooling yourselves. Shut up. No, let him finish. The marriage between Gloria and your son, it was over. Is this true? No. Liar. Ryan, we were having some problems. She had an affair with Tim McManus. All right, that's enough. You speak one more time without my asking you, I'm shutting down the session. You had an affair? Preston and I were separated briefly. Well, you never told us. We wanted to work it out ourselves without any interference. Interference? He was our son. And because of you, he's lying in the ground. Patricia. Well, but it's true, isn't it? Because of what went on between her and him. Preston's dead. This is what you wanted, isn't it? To get us fighting with each other. No. Yes. You always have some plan, O'Reilly, some secret agenda. Not this time. Unlike you, I never made it a secret. I love you. Stop it! I always will, and that will never change! No, let him say it! Let him try and convince himself. Everything you have ever done for your entire life, O'Reilly, you've only done for yourself. You don't know how to love. So, O'Reilly takes the buildings that he just kicked over. He should have just, they should have put the ether beat on behind that. Part of that's Dr. Nathan's fault. Yes. It is? Yes, 100%. How? How? For she not should. telling them that, that they were separated? They're Catholics. Yes. They, they didn't believe in, they don't, they don't do divorce. That doesn't but, mean it's not her fault. <laughs> in the preparation, in the preparation for this, yes. that should not have been news. Yes. To them. In the preparation for this, no matter how any of this was supposed to go. Like Star, how right? were it, how how how's how how was in the in the last well fuck it? How was your relationship with your in-laws? Oh, I hated my fucking in-laws. Hmm. Um yeah, I don't. I, I wouldn't tell but, my mother-in-law about something. But I wouldn't. In preparation for this, they did. They had meetings and they had sit-downs with the three of them and and the the the, the dope old bird. And they've had meetings and sit-downs before this day to prepare for this day, and they should have been prepared for what. Ryan would have to say. Yes, she I'm knew sorry. how Ryan she, felt she about knew, her. She knew that Ryan was going to profess his love, whether or not, whether or not he was told not to say it. She knew that shit was coming, and this should not have been news to those people. Mm -mm. I'm sorry, it, it should not have been. been news. And and she could all she had to do was say, "Look, this motherfucker think that he loved me. I ain't never really did nothing with him. Like you know, like it's it, it's just like he is just in." Infatuated with me, and that you know, and you can you can blame me for but, it, but I didn't do anything to cause this. This motherfucker is just crazy. They should in the preparations leading up to this this meeting, the mm -hmm. the previous meetings that they should have had. Doctor Nathan should have filled them in on why this happened. But this should not be news. But 
in order for her to do that, he didn't just tell them that he was in love with her. He told them about how they were separated, about mm-hmm. how she had gone out with uh, how she had gone out with McManus, all sorts of things that she did not feel needed to be brought up. But why do you think he said that? Because the parents start talking about you took away our chance to have our chance to have children and all that kind of stuff. Yes, you took away but our, our, our son. Y'all happiness. are telling me that Ryan, yes, Ryan is an absolute snake. But you're telling me that Doctor Nathan should have foresaw him saying that. Yes. Yes. 100%. So you're telling me, y'all are both telling me that she should have told them, look, I haven't been with your son for like years or however long it's been. And I've dated other men. Yes. No, no, at the very least, just say like we were having issues and at at some point we were separated. We were trying to figure this thing out, but we were separated. At the very least, she should have told them that. But but the thing is, the thing is that they were this happy go lucky thing because that was that was clearly part of that was clearly part of their hurt. Right. But you're giving them you're giving her. A lot of work that you wouldn't give folks otherwise. Why? Why wouldn't I? Sorry. Why would you? Why would would not expect? You can be wrong by omitting stuff, right? You don't always have to lie to be wrong. If you omit things that are important, then it it matters. And what's more important than this? You know, and you know how? You know what? Even worse. And this is me projecting a little bit, but based on the character, it appears she didn't tell them that. Because it would bring guilt upon her, right? It was or it thing. appears she didn't tell him that because she was afraid of their ire. Okay, you have to deal with that sometimes. Yeah. Okay. But you have, but you have to tell, look. You look. Have to tell I know them. who I'm talking to. I know what mindsets I'm talking to right now. I know I'm talking to uh, Scar, who's an absolute Virgo, and you, who's an absolute. The truth is always here. We got to do what's right, justice, and peace, and all that. I'm talking from a person who doesn't like confrontation and has anxiety when I think about confrontation, and that might be where she's coming from. Yeah. Have y'all ever given that thought? And what do you no, think's I- worse? What do you think is what do you worse? Think? Honestly, for them, for them finding out. Honestly, yes, I don't give a about fuck about other people's feelings when it comes to me being okay in that okay. situation. But, but and I will gonna... keep it to myself as long as I can to make sure that I make it out unscarred and that my mental health is okay. But but you just made it worse. Look, honestly, honestly, here's what I'm thinking. Their son never said shit either. Correct. Yeah. How about that? How about... How about your son tells you that we separated? But guess I'll what? tell my parents that we separated. How about you tell your folks that we, that we broke up? But guess what? The son's dead. He's but he he's wasn't dead, dead before they separated. No, but he didn't die dead. before they separated, though. That's what I'm saying. We're No, I understand. He's dead. Yes, at this point, he's dead. But what I'm saying is this. Y'all are putting a lot on her shoulders that should have been his job. Well, they they already blame her for this. They do. And they he could have stood up when he was alive. And they, said, they, this is what's going on. And that would have assuaged her of the blame. No, they already blame her for his death. Well, yeah, that is her they, fault. And, and, and for, for her to, for, <laughs> and, and for her, like I said, I'm not saying that she should have came up to them right after the, uh, right after his death. It's, like, it's Yo, been a long is, time at this yeah. point. What it it might've been like three weeks. We don't know how Oz gets down. No, I'm we know sorry. it's been at least, 
it's it's so that shit happened last season. So it's been a year, at least a year. So oh. you're telling me this entire year because she's been having conversations with them. She's been yeah. having conversations with them. And she's been going. They've been going to see Peter Marie. What? Five, six, seven, eight times at least. Exactly. To, to get and ready for this, and that's why I'm saying some of this shit should have came out then. Some of this, sh- somehow, sessions. this should have came. With, you don't think with, they brought up? Oh, you and my with, son were doing a great. We were going to have kids. We're so sad that this, your life got ruined, and, and this made us really upset. Like at some point, you got to say, "Listen, I had to tell you something about what was going on with us," because uh, this whole entire process is about truth and reconciliation. That's what this is. Like, despite Ryan being an asshole, if he wasn't there, it was about Cyril getting out his feelings about how he felt about this. This whole premise of what Peter Marie's doing is about getting your truth and getting the feelings out in the open about these situations. That includes everyone involved. So if Dr. Nathan wanted to be a part of this, then she's obligated to tell her part of the truth. And part of the reason that he's dead is the fact that, you know, no. They are separated. No. No, it's not. Part of the reason that he's dead is because she saved Ryan's life. Them being separated has nothing to do with it. See, That's what I'm not, saying. Do you not remember when she was saying that she basically had feelings for Ryan? You don't remember that conversation with Peter? But Marie? she never told Ryan. She showed Ryan. Ryan could tell. Remember, he he did kiss her, and she didn't pull back. Yeah, you don't remember them kissing? I do. I do remember that. And uh, and that was after Ryan saw her dating McManus, and after seeing her. So clearly to him, even though Ryan's a deprived soul, to him, in his crazed mind, he had a chance. I don't think if Dr. Nathan was just a happily married woman who didn't show any feelings towards Ryan or anything, that he would have acted out that way. I feel honestly like we are veering sharply into the lane of victim blaming. No. And that, mm-hmm. no, let me say this. The parents of let, let me say this. She, yes, she had feelings for Ryan that she had to talk with Dr. Nathan about to get resolved. Yes, she did kiss him. Yes, these things did happen. But Ryan was the one who sat in jail and ruminated on this until he decided in his head that he was so in love with her that he was obsessed. She did nothing to encourage that past that kiss. And that was it. That's it. At the point where she's like, we shouldn't have done that. That wasn't right. It doesn't matter if they're separated. It doesn't matter if she dated McManus. It doesn't matter what she did after that point. Ryan had all this in his head and in his heart, and he forced that upon everybody else. He literally vomited his feelings upon this entire family, upon his brother, and upon Gloria Nathan. Nothing that had to do with her dating life had to do with Ryan. He didn't give a fuck. As a matter of fact, he would have killed McManus if he had the chance because he thought McManus was standing in between him and Gloria. It had nothing to do with him being separated. It just had to do with the way he felt and he's a selfish ass snake and that's all he cared about. I think yes. I think I think what you're what what you're getting at is something different than what we're getting at. Probably. Yes. Probably. Yeah. Because yes. what, because the only thing that the only thing that we're saying is 
anything that Ryan had to say should not have been news to those people. No, and and not. and and they they had sessions with Sister Pete, and Sister Pete knows everything. So like at some point during those sessions with Sister Pete, some of this should have gotten worked into those sessions before they sat down with Ryan, so that there was nothing that Ryan could say. And it's part of the story. Like that is part of the story, and they are victims too. And if we're being a hundred percent honest, they are like that's their child, bro. Like, you know like, what I mean? like that's their child. Like, I don't mean to put it so bluntly, but if an ex of mine that I'm still friendly with died, I don't think I'm more of a victim than their parents. I mean, I'm straight up, like, and to be perfectly blunt, like. That is their child that got murdered by an inmate. I deserve to know the story. And the part of that story is that we weren't together. And if and I guarantee you, if Gloria would have talked about that beforehand, they still would have been upset. But you don't got to hear it from the murderer. I don't exactly. got to hear the murderer and, telling and, me. And you can oh, have these conversations. <laughs> they weren't going to have kids anyway because she wasn't fucking that nigga and, anymore. And you could have had these conversations with a licensed professional that knows the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was, that was absolutely part of the story. And it and and she knows Ryan's a snake. She even said it in this conversation. She says you got a plan and you're up to something all the time. She knows Ryan's personality. She should. She knew he was going to say this shit. Peter Marie knew he was going to say this shit. I don't know why she let him in there. Because she said to him right before, don't say that you love her. Don't say that. Because everyone knows how Ryan is. Everyone knows he was just waiting for the chance to say that. As soon as her parents said, you took away our chance of having grandchildren. That was it. He was like, oh, I got my chance to prove you wrong. No, He was like, y'all can blame me for some shit. Y'all can't blame me for that. Mm Mm-hmm. He was just like, you know, I take credit for the shit that I did. I'm not taking credit for that part. Fuck her. I love her, but fuck her in this moment because she didn't tell you that. Well, the next moment is Ryan goes to Nikolai and rents his phone. That's a great convo. We have them sometimes. Um, The next thing that happens is that Ryan's on the phone with somebody on Nikolai's phone uh, setting up something. And then he goes and holds a, a picture of Dr. Nathan to his chest. Dr. Nathan got that? sexually assaulted on the way home from work that evening. Terrible. Fucking horrid human being. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And they didn't explicitly say that he did that. Because, you know, like, you remember remember the scene with Wangler when he they showed, they, like, had the conversation of him on the payphone Setting it all up. Saying, yeah. All right. This is what I want you to do. Go over there and kill him. Make sure. Make sure. Call his mama. No. Make sure my baby's at my mama's house. No. No. They, we only saw the conversation with him with his mama, saying, "Go get the baby. Go get the baby today." No, but we saw the conversation of him talking to what's his face to set it up, saying, "I yeah. want you to kill her." But we I didn't see that. Him. We didn't see that conversation. We just saw the after where he came out of the phone booth and was like, "All right, dude, we straight." And then this time. They just show Ryan saying, I want it done tonight. And then you get that news. And I'm like, God, I, I, that's almost worse. Oh, I, kn- I remember them. I, I had I did not remember that part. I do remember a conversation about it after the fact. But I didn't. I as soon as that cell phone came into play, I went, oh, shit, it's about to happen. Ain't it? 
It was bad. Mm-hmm. And Ooh. I feel bad for Cyril too. Like I know Cyril's a murderer, but he's been manip- He's someone who's been manipulated by his evil brother into doing something that he can't. It doesn't like Cyril can get over it. And he said to you, he said to his brother, "What did you do? Who were you on?" No, he didn't say, "What did you do?" He said, "Who were you on the phone with?" Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And Cyril's in there talking to them. And I'm not supposed to feel bad for Cyril, but that dude was clearly going through some shit in that situation. And I and actually, you know what? I'm not gonna, I don't have to completely. Cyril, I don't know if he was in complete control of his actions. And he just does whatever his brother fucking tells him to do. And but somebody's got to split them up. Somebody's got to get him away from Ryan. Because Ryan's gonna cause him to die. Period point. He's going to die. So, next thing we see is they're at oh, the... Oh, uh, one more thing I want to say. The other thing is, the entire time we were talking about who we want to see die the most, and for the longest time it was Schillinger, Ryan's at the top now. I can't wait to see how he dies. Just had to get that out there. Okay. So <laughs> um, It's important. So the next thing that happens is that um, Brian and uh, Beecher and Poet are at the addiction group with um, Sister Pete. And Beecher's still asking anybody who will listen, can you tell me if Keller's okay? (laughs) Can you tell me? And Ryan is in the back like a fucking snake, like, hey, Sister Pete, I'm sorry that, you know, Dr. Nathan got sexually assaulted. Hey, can you tell me if, if 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 Keller's okay, Sister Pete? Do you know? And Poet Sister works at Benson Memorial, and for some reason out of nowhere, she told him that Keller would be back in Oz soon, but in the medical ward. Yeah, that was random as fuck. <laughs> yeah, hey, there's this white guy who's in the medical ward. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe she, the only explanation is that. They don't get prisoners that often, and they got a prisoner transfer from Oz, and she know her brother's at Oz. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I just want to tell you, he'll be back soon, but he's going to be in the medical ward. <laughs> that was so random. Also random was that there was a poem the poet had. I wrote a poem. Fear not, love, loosen its hooks from its sheaths and capture you in its painfully seductive grasp. Fear not the blood that oozes from your wounds and holds your patience to task. Fear not the tearing sounds of passion as they rip apart the feelings at the start. Fear not the fainting pulse of heartbeat, for that, that is the very best part. Apache, you asked to see me? You know I got shot. You know I died during surgery. They brought me back from the dead twice. Now you come nose to nose with death like that, you begin to see things different. Are you telling me that you've changed? Sister Peter Marie okay? Yes. I don't mean physically, I mean here. You know I fucked with that woman. I enjoy sex, don't you? I met you a while. I wanted her to help me with Beecher. 
Now, I hear she's thinking of quitting the convent in Noir. I want to do something to make it up to her. Well, Chris, even you would admit that your credibility is pretty low. <laughs> Look, there's no, there's no reason for you or her to believe me. But I got to try. I got to try to make her see that I know that what I did was wrong. I don't want to burn in hell. What do you want me to do? Have Sister Pete come visit me. That nigga's a sociopath. And I don't trust him. I don't trust him like I don't trust Ryan. And luckily now that her sister Pete, because she was like, nah, fuck that dude. I'm not going to see him. Beach, you can't even go see him. Beach was like, well, I love him. I, 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 I love him. I love to go see him. And so she relents and lets Beecher go to see him and drops and take these papers off to this doctor. And while he's doing that, he sees him, but Claire Cockglocks, I don't know why this scene even happened, but I just like scenes between BD Wong and, and, and Keller. Anyhow, after that, um, also out of no fucking where, Tommy Kirk, the redhead who used to hang out with uh, O'Reilly yeah, now he's an Aryan, I guess. And he goes to talk to Schillinger and tells him. I'm, no, he wasn't an Aryan. He, he was. said he was. No, he, he said was, he. Because remember, he was the one that was, who was calling, fucking with uh, Wangler. Was calling Wangler a nigger and all this kind of stuff. Oh, that was saying him? All of that, mm -hmm. Saying all of that shit when they were in class. So, like, he's obviously been on that train. So he goes to talk to Schillinger and. um. He tells him that he works in a place where he can hear through walls. He can hear in the rectory because he's a choir boy or a uh, altar boy. Altar boy. And he heard Beecher talking and he tells him that Beecher is the reason why Schillinger's son Hank was found. As expected, instead of Schillinger being happy about Beecher being the reason that Hank was found, he believes the Beecher is trying to turn Hank against him as he turned Andrew against him. That's not an unreasonable thought. It's not. It's, it's not. But the thing is, like we said at the beginning of the episode, the fact that he has several people convinced him that he needs to do this without saying anything yep. is what got what is about to happen next to happen. The fact you, that. Go ahead, Scar. No, because it, it just, it, it, if we're going to blame anybody for this and what happened, we can't blame Schillinger for this. That was mm -hmm. B.D. Wong, right? Who told yep. me to do that? And, and Saeed. And Saeed, yes. yeah. It was both yep. of them. They both, they both convinced him that he needed to do it from the heart. And he'll know, he'll know it came from you and he'll know it came from the heart. No, the fuck he won't. It's he hard to see when things came from the heart if you don't have a heart. Yes. Exactly. And it would have been better off if Beecher went up to him and said, hey, man, I don't care all the shit you did to me. I don't care if you still hate me. I know you can't find your son and you miss him. And I have some connections through my law firm and I'm going to help, help out. Well, I mean, he did try to say that and that's when he got stabbed. So. But I mean, he didn't try again. Exactly. Because they told, <laughs> no, they I'm told deadly him, serious. They told I'm him deadly serious. They I'm, told him not to try again. I, but you know what? Because he got stabbed. They said you're gonna hear he's gonna hear through the grapevine and he'll really like you then. 
And I would have been like, why, why do you think it's a good idea for him to hear this through a grapevine? And that's exactly what happened. It got heard through a grapevine. It got twisted, misconstrued, and now it turned into this. He goes, Schillinger goes and talks to his son, Hank. And he's like, son, I need you to do something for me. And Hank is like, how much? And Schillinger's like, how much what? And and he's like, you pay me. I'll do whatever you want. And Schillinger's like, I'll give you $1,000. And Hank's like, what's the job, daddy? The job was to kidnap Beecher's son and daughter. I don't think Hank fucks with Schillinger that much. He does for money. No, he he doesn't. I mean, that's why he wanted to get paid for this. Like, yep, this he needs like, the money for drugs. That's it. I ain't doing this shit unless you put some bread on this. And this again is why you don't do good things for your enemies. And like when y'all are like, I wouldn't wish this on my enemies. I would. And he said, "I ain't Andrew. You ain't about to just try to impress me with this shit. Like, if you want me to do some shit, put some bread on it, and we'll talk." At Throw least the enemy, the level, an enemy, the level of Schillinger. Like, there's levels to enemies. That's like arch enemy Joker type shit. Like, you don't go do good shit for him. Mm-hmm. Ever. And if you're going to do it, you don't do it anonymously, where it looks like it's a fucking secret. <laughs> mm-hmm. Why didn't you tell me you were going to find my son? Well, you punched me in my face and stabbed me. Oh. Well, thank you. You're welcome. And scene. I felt. Or you know what? Hey, why? No, even better. Even better. Look, Dr. Uh, uh, Sister Pete. Can Can you get me into a room with Schillinger? So then I can talk with him and tell him what I did. And then maybe we can resolve all this. And you can be the uh, mediator. Or he works for Dr. Peter. He doc, he works for Sister Pete. Or have Schillinger meet with your father who was helping you out. Just say, hey, Schillinger, look, I got this guy. Don't tell me it's your father. I got a guy from this law firm. You can meet with him since you don't trust me. He can help you find your son. Or the or the investigator that actually did it. Mm-hmm. But anything he did none of anything, those things. Anything other than what he what they convinced him not to do. And now he's going through it again. Again. And this is after his wife committed suicide, right? His wife didn't commit suicide. Well, they said what they said, I should say. Yeah. <clears throat> it, was, it was never confirmed, but yeah. So yeah. his mom, the kid's mom was gone, the daddy's in jail, and now they kidnapped. Mm-hmm. Beecher's going through it. And for that, Schillinger's the MVP of this episode. He did. Well, he yeah, he did kind of get both. He got his son and he got to hurt Beecher. Mm-hmm. I think you're I think you're right. It's either that or else it's Ryan. <laughs> I mean, that's that's dark as fuck. He's a yeah, he's a dark winner, I guess. Mm-hmm. Who you got, Scar? I'm going. I don't know. Uh, can I say something? Even oh, you know who else? Adebisi's an honorable mention. It, hmm. it appears that uh, Glenn is going to hire a black person. Yep. So he might have gotten his way. I don't know why he assumes random black person is going to be great for him. 
but we'll see who this who this black person is that comes in. Hmm. Well, um, thank you all so much for checking this out, Scar. Uh, you got anything coming up? Um, nothing new. Slinging these candles, dog. Is the sale still going on? Uh, the sale is still going on. Um, well, I mean, of course, it's June, so I got well, I got a Juneteenth, twenty five. I gotta make a new. I gotta make a new set. No, it's gonna be nineteen percent. But um, <laughs> but no, nah, I'm I'm gotta make a new sale. So uh, be look be on the lookout for the new sale. Hello, niggles. Brandon, you got anything coming up? Uh, I saw a Quiet Place too. So Rashani and I are going to review that. It was so dope. This week, spoiler alert. I saw that. See, now that I got my movie pass back, I saw that. And I saw um, what other new movie? Cruella back to back. And so I recommend them to both. I recommend both of those to y'all, even though this is an evergreen show. If you hear this in 2045, go find A Quiet Place Part Two and Cruella. I saw someone that said, how do you how do you make a movie about a horrible person? Well, we make a person that's more horrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they, but then and then they go, well, now do we make another movie about that person? <laughs> I mean, I can see it happening because it's an interesting storyline. Um, I have nothing coming up. Y'all know me. Uh, the world keeps turning. I just keep podcasting. You slinging uh, this food, dog. Slanging it. Yeah. 916-633-1537. Our email is return to Oswald at gmail.com. Um, our Twitter name is return to Oswald. Uh, Brandon's Twitter name is that cool blick nerd. That's B-O-K. Uh, Scar's Twitter is Scarfinger. And I'm Rashani. Uh, y'all can leave a review on Podchaser. Uh, you can also leave a review on Apple, uh, Stitcher, and on Podcast Attic. Uh, the cool thing about leaving a review on Podchaser is that you can leave a review for separate episodes as well as for the show as a whole. Oh, yeah, uh, I forgot. I got to write that down because I was talking about that on one of my Scarcasm shows, and I could not think of the name of the, the app where you could leave stuff on individual episodes. Yep, and shout out to the folks who are doing so. You know, just leaving reviews for um, episodes as they listen to them. Like, here's the way that y'all can do that for us. I'll tell you. If you listen to an episode and you like it, and you go on Twitter and you tell either Scar, Brandon, or myself that, um, you know, this is a great episode. I really enjoyed this. Cut and copy that tweet and put it into the review for that episode on Podchaser and give us a five-star review. Yes. Don't don't cut and paste any issues that you may have with one of the actors. No. Please don't. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening. Uh, we greatly appreciate it. Y'all have a wonderful day. Y'all be good. Peace. Peace, y'all. You. Yeah.
Radio Simulcast. Don't know my name, you slip.